In this recording, I'm going to be going over the next series of dreams, which is depicting the coming violence in our nation, as well as the things that are leading us there and our continued rebellion. But before I move forward, I actually want to talk about one of the dreams that I shared in the previous recording, uh, specifically the one where I got transported over to the Middle East and I saw the three harlots or three prostitutes and they all went to the same man's house. And after that, I see the army marching across the desert and I was aware that they were Muslim being led by the Antichrist spirit. And then them marching to the specific location, which was being guarded by America. And in that dream, I had a revelation of what was taking place with America. But that dream troubled me for a very long time. And I prayed about that dream for a very long time. Even until current events, I'm still praying about that dream because I was aware that these violent events that I saw taking place in the Middle East were actually happening in the Middle East at the same time as what was happening uh, with America. And when I saw those harlots, I immediately knew that they were, one of them was connected to that army that was marching. So them going to that house with that man, the man represented the spirit of this age. And the army was marching under the spirit of this age. And really similar to how the airplane dream that I had, where I was aware of American leadership flying the plane, it wasn't necessarily just pointing to the president, but the leadership as a whole, the key thing to this army marching was the spirit of this age. And the spirit of this age was conquering America while this army was actually marching across to conquer a place in the, the Middle East. And the three prostitutes, they were very similar to what it speaks about in the Bible where it says the wicked have made a spider webs of their garment and what they have called righteousness is a refuse before the Lord. And so their nakedness represented their shame and how the Lord actually sees what they're doing. And so while this army is marching, they're praising and worshiping the deeds that they're, they're doing, calling them good, calling them righteous. But before the Lord, it is a refuse and he sees them in their nakedness and in their shame of what they're actually doing. And so those prostitutes represented several different things. The other things that they represented has been hidden from me. I do not know the other things that they represented in that dream as well as the specific location that America was at in that dream. Outside of it representing America falling, I did not know the specific location in the desert in the Middle East that it was representing. And the obvious choice would be Israel. And after years of praying, the only thing that's ever came to me is a question, which is, is this a dream signifying America's retreat from its relationship with Israel and abandoning Israel as trouble and war is coming? But I do not know if that is the actual interpretation. So with that, I want to jump into explaining um, the next series of dreams that I had said I would go over. And the first dream that I had, uh, basically, it starts off and I'm driving in a car and there's a kid that I knew from my youth in the car with me and we're we're driving several hours to another city. And in the dream at the start, I'm aware that cities all around are just desolate. There's no work to be found. There's many places that are no longer inhabited. And me and this person were driving and the place I'm going to, I'm aware of, it's about four hours away. The city, I actually knew what city I was going to. I was driving to St. Louis to see if St. Louis was still actively working and if I could find work there so that I could return home, drive back four hours to provide for my family. 
And when we get there, we park in a, a parking garage and I come out of the parking garage and there's really not much going on. It seems like it's just empty cars. But when I look up at the sky, as soon as I come out of this parking garage, I see a sign in the sky and there's three of them that I can see all the same symbols. And I was in the dream. I just assumed that there was a fourth one in the sky behind me. And when I looked at them, it was a symbol that was made up of symbols. So I saw the greater symbols, but they were made up with smaller symbols. And the smaller symbols were declaring something that I didn't understand. But the greater symbol was declaring that the great and terrible day of the Lord was at hand and that the Antichrist was actually on the earth. And the symbol that I saw was a circle. Inside the circle was a triangle which touched the edge of the circles. And inside the triangle was an eye that touched the edges of the triangle. As I'm looking at those symbols and I'm understanding what they mean, I begin to think to myself, can everybody see these signs or are only believers in God able to see these signs? And when I see it, this I'm not full of fear. I'm not afraid. Like There's actually joy in my heart as I'm looking at these signs because I'm not looking at the trouble that's here. I'm looking at it thinking, Jesus is coming soon. Like That's what's in my heart. Jesus is coming soon. And I drop to my knees and I'm overwhelmed with the thought of Jesus coming back. And there's this joy in my heart. And I pick up the phone to call my brother. And I call him and I say, this is amazing. Jesus waited until you came to him before he would return. And I was aware of this sense that Jesus waited until every last one of his people that are his would come to him before he would come back. With that, I woke up from the dream. And in the dream, I had this sense that while there was desolation all around, there were still cities where, while it might not have been like prosperity, there was still cities where there was refuge, where you could go to find resources and things that you would need in that time of trouble. Also, another thing that stood out for me was that there was no fear in my heart. And as trouble comes and that day, grow, uh, that day of the Lord grows closer, to the generation that it's for. We don't have to fear in that hour because the Holy Spirit is going to strengthen us and give us courage in that hour. The next dream that I had starts off and I'm in a room with several people that I know. There's this woman in the dream that I don't know and she's she begins to thank us and say thank you for praying for me. Because of your prayers, I had an encounter with the Lord and I went up to heaven. And as she's saying this, the person in the room that had actually prayed for her to have that encounter says, oh, I prayed for that for you. And she begins to give thanks to that person. And we all applauded what just took place. We were all giving thanks for his prayers and for this woman having this encounter. After this takes place, the woman goes into another encounter with the Lord. And she comes over to me and my friend that's sitting next to me. And she puts this blanket over our heads, a coat, actually, over our heads. And she grabs a piece of paper, and on it, she writes Ezekiel. And then another person in the room wrote on that paper, in the days of Noah, and held it up in front of the class. I knew that both were important, signifying that the time we were in, but because there was that coat put over my head, there was more written that I couldn't see. But when I woke up from the dream... I couldn't remember uh, what was written second, but in my mind, I was thinking Ezekiel 2. And so when I got up and I read Ezekiel 2, it says, 
And he said to me, Son of man, stand on your feet, and I will speak to you. Then the Spirit entered me when he spoke to me, and set me on my feet. And I heard him who spoke to me. And he said to me, Son of man, I am sending you to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me to this very day. The dream that followed that one, it starts off and a man comes into my room through a window and he's got a little knife in his hand. And when he comes through my window, I know that his intentions are to hurt me. And so I wrestle with him. And after I overcome him, I tell him that if he ever comes back, that I will kill him. So after overcoming this man and saying that, I find myself at a table and there's a lot of people in the room with me and there's an old woman talking and she looks at me and she says, you can have a very powerful anointing, but it can be strong one day and gone the next. It can be powerful one day and weak the next. And then she said, or you can have, and as she was speaking, I couldn't hear her anymore. And I knew that I needed to make a choice And so I thought, I want salvation. And the person next to me said, you want a good life. And I said, yeah, I want a good life. And this person was surprised that that's what I was asking for. Then everybody leaves and I look and there's a storm coming. And in front of the storm, there's these bats that are flying. And um, as they're flying, they're dropping feces on the ground and they're defiling the, the land. And I don't want them to poop on me. While I'm outside, I'm trying to avoid being defiled (laughs) by these bats. And as I look at them, they have hair that's like a woman's. They have facial features that are really similar to a woman. But as I draw closer to them, I can see that their face looks more like a skull and that it's sunken in and that it really doesn't look human. And as they're flying over, I realize that a tornado is beginning to drop. And I say, we have to get out of here. And as I say that, four tornadoes drop out of the sky, and there was nowhere to run. And they begin to converge on us where we were. And the tornadoes were able to bring desolation, destruction on the land because of the defilement of the land that was going before them with those bats. And so as these tornadoes are converging on us, I see this golden image inside of the tornado, and I see it get destroyed. And I asked this question, was that in my heart? And so after the, I get swept up in this tornado, I'm the only one that survives. After being swept up in this storm, my body is severely damaged and I find myself in a hospital. But because of all the damage on my body, I no, I no longer look like myself and I begin to see prejudices of many kinds. I was mistreated because of my skin color and I was mistreated because of my social status and my wealth. And so after I see these prejudices, I get removed from this building and I find myself with a group of men and we're on the run from people who are trying to take our lives. And while we're hiding, uh, these men come to the neighborhood that we're in. We begin running through this neighborhood. And the people that were chasing us actually looked like our own military. It looked like martial law and they were sweeping through neighborhoods targeting specific people. And something that I noticed as we were running is that nobody was armed and they were gunning down people that had no weapons in their hands. And the reason for them chasing them down was because of various prejudices. After that dream, seven days later, I had a dream following it. And I was in a town and just like the previous dream, another storm is coming. And while I'm in my house, my brother 
comes over and it's looking really bad outside. I see a cloud and it's so low to the ground. It's like at my window and I can see tornadoes forming. But my brother, he leaves to go to work as if there's nothing going on outside. And then he comes back to to eat at the house for lunch and he doesn't look very well. And he just begins to play video games and he isn't paying attention to anything that's going on. And I can't believe he's working as stuff is getting ripped off of the house and he's playing video games as stuff is getting ripped off the house. And so I grab my child and I begin to run downstairs and I see something flying through the air and it's a metal uh, shed piece. And so for some reason I go to open up the door and as I open the door, a metal shed piece hits my neck. I'm afraid that my neck is ripped open and I'm thinking, why did I open the door? My head could have been cut off from me. And so my wife looks at my neck and there's there's no damage on my neck. But I have a little scrape under my chin. And then one of my wife's friends comes to the house and she's asking for directions to get to the store and to get to um, Target. And I step out to tell her <laughs> how to get there and I wake up from the dream. So in this dream, things that stood out to me, one, um, both my brother and my wife's friend have families and children. And in the midst of this storm, their priority is not being at home to take care of their family while this storm is tearing homes apart. They have other priorities and other cares. When I open up that door, the intent of this storm, it a metal shed piece came to take my head off, but it didn't. I wasn't harmed by it. And that is reminiscent to the previous dream I had where I saw those people um, behind that fence whose head had been cut off from them. So the intention of the storm, this is a, this storm is representing the spirit of the age and the cares of the world and it breaking down and drawing the mothers and fathers from the house and targeting the youth of this generation to cut their head off from them, to draw them away from Christ. So the next dream that I had in the dream, I was at a city and it seemed to be surrounded by water. It looked like the ocean completely encompassed this building. There were many forms of immorality taking place inside of this city. In the dream, I felt like they could stop. They didn't have to keep doing the things that they were doing. And these giant snakes would come up from the depths of this water. And as they would come up, most of their bodies would be hidden. So you'd see their head and then a little bit of their body going down into the darkness of the ocean. It was it was terrifying because they looked so massive and it looked like their tails could actually possibly be touching the bottom of these waters. And they would come up to make deals with the elders. So when they would come up, the elders would go out to the edge of the city to speak with these snakes. And the snakes would offer them things to help them with their city. And nothing good ever came from the things that they offered them. And so as they would accept these things from them, they'd bring them in. And with those things that they accepted, their babies would come into their city with them. And as the babies entered into the city, they wouldn't strike the adults, but they would go into the homes and strike and devour their children. And the people in the city knew every time they accepted gifts from these serpents, their babies would come in and devour their children. So they saw their children being devoured. And they also saw that nothing good ever came from the gifts that they accepted from them, but they continued to go out and believe the lie of these serpents and say yes. And in the dream, I knew that they could have easily rejected these snakes. They could have easily turned away from them and said no. But they continued to believe their lies 
And because they were believing their lies, they were watching their children be devoured and they didn't even care. And I woke up from that dream. Uh, this next dream that I'm going to share, it actually came from years of wrestling uh, with my own heart. And it's a part of the story of the birth of my children, which some of this will be repeated later. But in this dream that I had, I go to sleep. And in the dream, there's this infant and he's around the same age as my daughter at the time that I had this dream, which was like close to a year and a half. And he's wearing a suit and he looks like an old man. He's got this old wrinkly face. His face looks like he could have been like 90 years old. And as he's speaking, he's cussing and blaspheming the name of the Lord and he's holding a cigar in his hand. So he looks, he looks like a fully mature old man with an infant's body. He's wearing a suit and Everything coming out of his mouth is just the most foul, perverse things. As I'm seeing him, I'm aware of his family. I'm aware of his upbringing. I'm aware of his parents. And everyone in his circle around him, uh, the friends of his family, all support what he's doing. And everybody is trying to figure out how to profit off of this little child, put him in movies or commercials or in some way make money off of the way this little child behaves because he's so little but acts like a fully mature adult, a fully mature immoral adult. And so as this is happening, I'm thinking to myself how everybody wants to profit off the very thing that's leading this child to hell. And the anger of the Lord begins to stir up in my heart. And so I reach out with my hands and I gently grab him by the shoulders and I turn him to me and I look him in the face and say, don't you know that there's a God who loves you and died for you so that you could be with him forever? And as I say this, he had never heard a word spoken about God. And he looks up at me and the the wrinkly skin falls off of his face. And I pick him up and he looks like a baby again. I say, now you need to tell Jesus you're sorry and you need to repent. And he goes to speak and he has baby talk again. And I wake up from that dream. And as soon as I wake up from the dream, the spirit of the Lord speaks to me, says, even the youth of this generation are mature in sin because of the things that they're exposed to in their homes. After the Lord speaks that to me, I'm troubled. And it's like 4 a.m. at the time that I woke up from that dream. And then around 6, I go to read my Bible and I was reading Matthew. And my goal was to get through Matthew 1 through 10. And I get to the part where Herod sends a decree to kill the children from a certain age down after Jesus had been born. And when I read that, I think to myself, Lord, the Pharaoh did the same thing when Moses was born. He sent a decree to kill all the, the children. I said, every time a deliverer is raising up the, in the earth, the enemy strikes to kill the children. And the Spirit of the Lord speaks to me again. He says, again, the devil is raging, trying to stop a generation from being born that will hasten my return. And as he says this to me, his presence falls on me. And when his presence falls on me, I actually see the burning heart of God. And I see my little cold heart next to it. And as I see his heart, I ask him to give me his father's heart. And after I ask for that, his presence lifts off of me. I know I'm supposed to read the next verse. And the next verse I read is, a great noise is heard in Ramah, Rachel weeping and mourning, refusing to be comforted for her children are no more. And the Spirit of the Lord speaks to me and he says, how long will she cry out alone? When will the fathers raise their voices When will the children cry out, Fathers, turn your hearts to your children and children to your fathers? Three days after I had that encounter, while I was driving in my car, I had a vision and the presence of the Lord fell on me. I began 
weeping. I remember as it his presence fell on me, I started seeing this vision. I was like, God, why would you encounter me while I'm driving my car <laughs> like this? I was like, how am I supposed to drive? But at, as I was driving, uh, what I saw was the spirit of this age and the lust and cares of this world. And I saw an entire generation being led away captive. And I saw hell's mouth or the grave opening up to receive an entire generation that had turned away from the Lord. And that is what the spirit of this age is doing right now. The spirit of this age is swaying an entire generation to turn away from God. The things that are being sown into the hearts of this generation because of what's come into our homes while we've been led away captive and incoherent to the things of the Lord, our children are the ones that are going to pay the the price for what we've led into our homes. And the wickedness that's stirring up in this next generation as they grow up and come into full maturity is going to be beyond our imagination. The next dream I had following this, it starts off and an entire city had been attacked. We, I was aware that a terrorist group had slowly infiltrated a city in America over the course of time, they took up residence in a large city. They began bringing uh, weapons and ammunition over, and it was years in the making. It wasn't like an all of a sudden thing. Once they had gotten their their men together and the, every, everything prepared, they began to blow up specific areas in the city. And the areas that they blew up were to make it almost impossible for anybody to exit the city. And so as this is happening, the, the city's just in ruin. There's chaos and ruins all over the place. And I'm navigating this city with my family, trying to avoid these men who are, who are just doing horrific violence through the city. And as we're driving, I see a building that's already been destroyed. And I think, hey, we can go to this place and hide because they've already been here. And so I get out with my family. I have my wife, my children, my grandparents. So it's young and old together, and we all run into this building. And when we get down into the bottom of this building to hide, I think to myself, oh my gosh, I just left a car in front of this ruined building and it has no damage on it. They're going to know we're here. And as I think this, the door opens up where we had just come in through, and my grandpa's standing by the door, and a knife comes to the door and uh, chops my grandpa's arm. And as we see this, fear grips us all, and we just began to flee. And as we're running through this building, we're running back up the stairs, I stop and turn around, and I realize that my wife and I and all the people around my age had abandoned the elderly and the children and left them in the hands of the enemy. And I wake up from the dream. The thing that stood out to me the most in that dream is that when trouble had come, and my job as a, a father was to protect my children and my job was to care for the weak, I abandoned that role for my own safety and my own good and left them at the mercy of men who I knew were going to do terrible things to them. In this dream, I, I did not know the exact location, but it was a very large city. It was something that you would imagine in New York or in Chicago. And I, I do believe that this dream was speaking of a real attack uh, that happens on American soil that this disaster is coming and that uh, it's 
currently in the making. And as I'm recording this, the events that just happened in Israel took place several days ago. And the things that took place in my dream were actually very similar to what just happened in Israel. And like I had said uh, previously, winter is coming. And now is the time for the strong men to return to their homes and to prioritize their families. Getting your children ready for the winter months that are ahead and teaching them the ways of righteousness, really paying attention to what's happening in your home and no longer making everything outside of your home your priority, but doing just enough so that you can be present in your home and have what you need. Because when trouble comes, if your family is not your priority now, there's a good chance that it won't be your priority in the time of trouble. The two dreams with the storms are one, and at the beginning of the first dream where the man comes into my house with a little knife and he wants to harm me, and I tell him that if he comes back, I will kill him, is actually representing how weak the spirit of this age actually is in comparison to what we have in God and the strength that is actually available for us to overcome him. But him plundering and leading us away captive, it's not about just robbing us of the riches of our homes, like physical riches. It's plundering our families and about cutting off our lineage and our children from God. And so the next part where I'm sitting at the table and she, the woman is telling me about things that I can have. And my response is, I want salvation and a good life. And the person next to me responds, you want salvation and a good life? He was actually surprised that that's what I was desiring and that I didn't want more. And the heart posture that we need to have in this moment, because there's even with the anointing, there's a temptation that when you have a great anointing, it's similar to a rich man, it's hard for you to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Because when you have a great anointing, when it goes, your desire can be for that anointing and what you had in response from people because of it more than your salvation in God being the most important thing for you. And the heart posture God wants us to have as the shaking is coming that you're going to see a lot of things that you've loved to have disappear. And they can be here today and gone tomorrow, uh, similar to what just happened in our current history where the fires that happened in Hawaii or the destruction that happened in Israel. If your heart is for the things of this world and you love those more than God, it will become a root of bitterness in your heart when they go away and it'll begin to pull you away from God. When I exit the building and I see the bats flying with the, the women's faces, and as I see them in closer, they look less like women, more like monsters. Um, those represented the harlot of this age and the way that they were dropping feces all over the place. I didn't want to get on me. That represented the defilement of the land. So the nations coming into relationship with the harlot of this age and the defilement of the land was giving power to the spirit of this age to trample the earth. And those four tornadoes represented four things, which is hidden from you. It could have been four armies, four nations, but they converge into one and then converging into one um, brought destruction on 
the body of Christ. And in that, all of a sudden, I see that idol. And I said, is this in my heart? And that idol actually represented the cares of the world. So if our heart is tied to the cares of the world as the return of the Lord draws closer and the spirit of this age is given power to trample the earth, our hearts will be cut off from God. And God wants us to love him more than the world. The second dream is in unison with that one, but depicting a different part where the coming of this day is going to be very evident. I could see the storm coming, but the warning here is that many people, even though the warning signs will be evident and clear, will be so caught up in our day-to-day life and routine and so distracted by the cares of the world that we will not see it coming as it's coming. And so my my brother and my wife's friend was depicting brothers and sisters in Christ in that dream and how easily one of us may see what's happening, but the others would just be going about their day and incoherent to what's actually happening and not really mindful of what God is saying is important in this moment, kind of like Mary and Martha, Martha being busy with many things while Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet listening to what he was saying. God is speaking to his people in this hour. And if you will turn your heart to him and fast and pray, I believe God is pouring out his spirit to speak and give wisdom to us in this hour.